Life and legacy, they're often complex. The battle between what we've learned and what we desire. Who truly wins? There's so many perspectives, so many voices. These are the conversations that spark the invisible. Welcome to Invisible Talks. You were telling me about your anxiety attack and how God was telling you to sit down and you got forced to, oh, you said that they cleared the plane and Anton was on the phone and they was like doing all this stuff. I kept, every time I took my mind off a of guy, I would, it would get worse. Like I would start hyperventilating or I would like seize out. I couldn't move. I couldn't move until I, or speak until I literally got off the plane. And so they carried me off. They carried me and put me on this chair and then the chair, they pulled the chair out. I definitely, even now, like being quarantined, have realized the importance of like, people talk about balance and I truly don't believe balance exists. I think it's prioritizing what's important. Like we add stuff on our list based on our self-desires. So because I just want to get to a level where I'm like, yes, I made it. And I want my mom to see that. I feel like I finally got over that like dream because that was more of like Mm. a control thing, but I was so still focused on that and like her seeing this level of growth and all this other stuff because it's like that's just what I always thought that would help her to live and I've realized one that's not in my control and two Mm. we have to do our own work and three that was literally driving me to a dark place unconsciously like there's so many people who are mad that they're not working and I'm looking like this is beautiful like It's forcing me Mm. to, like, see what skills I have, like, what I can do. I'm not limited to what somebody's telling me to do, some organization. Like, they took my camera back, and that's the most sauciest thing ever. And then it was like, that's why you buy your own. (laughs) Now I could really use that camera for work only, and now I have my own camera. Yeah, it costs a lot of freaking money, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But God put me in a position so that I could have my own. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. we hold on to stuff because we don't want to let go of something that that connection gives us. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's next, but I know that I have needed to slow down for a long time. Even though it wasn't always like a physical thing, it was a mental thing for the most part. I ain't trying to be running myself ragged for things that may not even come to fruition in the way that I see it. So, that's real. That's definitely real. I feel like when I came back, well, when I was in Atlanta, that was my time to slow down and, like, gain perspective on life and just, like, really check in with myself and figure out, like, who am I? Like, everything that I have been doing, everything that I have been, have been centered around everybody else and everything else. And... I just remember thinking, like, or just having conversations about, like, what do I want? Like, what do I want out of life? And being in a place to answer those questions without the influence of anybody else. And, like, actually, like, making my list about, like, what, like, where am I going? And I feel like for so long I had just been, like, I don't even know what I was moving based on. Like, I don't even know. Like, I really was in auto mode. I was in auto mode for so long. And actually, I think 
I was having a conversation with my therapist about this not too long ago, but, like, I think when I had the abortion, a lot of my mental shifted, and I didn't even realize it. And everything that I had been doing was around this idea that the next time I get pregnant, I'm going to be ready. And I wanted to make sure that that, the sacrifice that I made was worth it. That's where my mind shifted, and that's where I lost myself. And I never healed from that, and I never talked about it. I just started moving different. And I still haven't really talked about it, but I feel like more recently it's come up because I think when I was telling you how there's so much in my 20s that I don't remember, just asking the question, like, what happened to me that made me just, like, become so disassociated with life during those times? And I couldn't figure it out for the longest. And it was like the fact that I couldn't even think about that, like it didn't even come up, let me know how much I had like stuck it under the rug or how much I had like buried it. And not even connecting it to like how it shaped me and how I started moving and like how it was driving me and really just having been moving out of deficiency is what I have been doing for so long. Like making decisions based on what I didn't have. It took me a long time to realize that. And I don't know. I just feel like once I came back, even like with Dominique and I, like breaking up with him, like it was so long overdue, Tyra. And I remember when you asked me, like, is he the one? You remember when you asked me that? Yeah. And, like, like my heart dropped when you asked me that because I knew, like, I knew. And then, like, when I'm coming back, it was just, like, I did not get this far on my time away to come back to the same patterns, the same situations. Like, I think it was, like, maybe two years ago when I went to this women's retreat and we had to, like, shut everything off for the whole weekend. And it was, like, a very powerful spiritual retreat. And, like, God was moving, not the abortion came up and not being with Dominique came up. Those two things were, like, what God was revealing to me in that time. And I remember talking to Maria about it. And, like, all the way back then, and then as soon after that retreat, like, I didn't even make it to my, like, I went to my car leaving the retreat and I had got the message about Chastity and I, the same day or the next day, I had to custody of her. And so, like, life just kept happening and I was ignoring, I was being disobedient and I was letting life think, like, I was letting life get in the way of what God was calling me and telling me what he was telling me to do. And ultimately, it just made things harder, like, his will is going to be done regardless. Like, if you want to be disobedient, you can be disobedient, but it's still going to come to fruition. Like, what's for you is going to happen. It's just going to make it harder. So even, like, now, like, I was supposed to break up with him, like, a long time ago, and that's really what I believe. And because I didn't, it just made all of this other, like, stuff exist. It just made all of this other stuff exist. And even, like, with me being with Johnny, it's like, it wouldn't be so complicated right now. Like, 
it's so many different factors that I know, like, this is where I'm supposed to be in this time. But I was questioning it because of my transition, of the way I was transitioning into things. And it was like, well, if you was listening in the first place, the timing of it, like, you wouldn't have had all of these factors to consider. Like, you wouldn't have had, it wouldn't have been so messy or it wouldn't have been so complicated or whatever the case may be. I don't know. It's just like a realization of, like, when God tells you to move, you got to move, and you can't move on your own time, basically. And even when I came back, like, that was one of the messages I think I told you that I got, too, was, like, you can't sit in your own comfort. Like, you can't sit in your comfort too long, otherwise you'll miss what's next. And that was, like, a complete reality check because I had went to Atlanta. I had all of these plans. Like, life was great. Like, it was peaceful, this, this, and that. But it's, like, that was, like, literally a retreat. It was, like, this is not realistic. Like, I'm running. Like, oh, this is peaceful because I'm not, I don't have to deal with anybody. I don't have to deal with my family. I don't have to deal with, I don't have to deal with things. But it's like, really, you just not confronting the things. And there, it's peaceful because you're not present. You're not present in the things that are causing you to feel these ways or to have this distress or whatever the case may be. But it's not sufficient. And it's like, you can't just run from things. Like, you can't just put yourself in a position where you don't have to face your battles like you have to fight your battles you have to lean on God to do that and that's what I wasn't doing and that's why I felt like like me leaving was like the answer because I wasn't letting God do what he does like I was trying to do it all myself and I got overwhelmed I got overwhelmed and I think that's the difference now is like having God at the forefront of everything and the boundaries that I've been able to set and even the relationship, like, with my mom, like, with my parents, like, everything is just flourishing. Like, everything is just, like, I don't know if I tell you this or Maria, like, this whole saying I have about letting the grass grow. <laughs> you didn't tell me it's this just one. Like, so, basically, it's just, like, it kind of stems around, like, trusting the process, like, just as easy as the grass grows, like, you don't have to do anything. Like, you don't have to do anything because the sun is going to rise, the rain is going to fall, and the grass is going to grow. And you can put fertilizer on it. You can try to do the weed thing, all of that stuff, but, like, the grass is going to grow. And so if you just, like, let the sun rise, let the rain fall, like, things will progress. Things will, you know, fall into place the way they should. And I feel like, that's what's happening. And I feel like even when, like, the whole idea of, like, the sun rising and the rain falling, like, that's God. Like, I feel like you have to apply that same, like, concept into other aspects of your life and, like, letting God and, like, letting God be and letting him be the forefront of your life and so that things can fall into place, so that the grass can grow. And the more you try to manipulate things and the more you try to get in the way of things, it hinders things from falling into place. And so really just letting go, like letting go, being okay with like not having control over everything. Like you can be intentional, but being intentional is completely different from like this trying to control things. And so I feel like even with my relationships with my parents, it's like they are, it's, 
I never really knew how much, I mean, I knew with my mom, but even just like with my dad, like I didn't even know what was lacking there. And like we've grown, I thought me and my dad were super close and in the past, but now it's completely different. And even with my mom, like I would have never thought that we would be where we are right now. Like I would have never thought our relationship could ever be anything like this. And I didn't really do nothing. (laughs) I didn't really do nothing. Like, I just, like, really gave everything to God. And I never did that before. I hear so many, like, consistent themes of growth. Like, when you talk about just letting go, being mindful of where you're at, like, processing those things. But one thing I want to go back to, because I feel like it's the underlining to every action afterwards. You talked about the abortion. Do you think that had, like, a space of fear of, like, what type of parents you would be or not being? I feel like there's this there's this mindset in our culture that you have to have all these things to have a child. And mm-hmm. I can say that you don't need, you know, support, you don't need a spouse, but sometimes that fear will push us to, you know, get the abortion. What do you think your mind was in making that decision? So a lot of it was around, and this is a this is something that's come up too in like the conversations that I've been having with my parents or really my dad is I don't know where it came from. Well, I kind of do know where it came from, but I never really recognized it because it's just been like a part of my mindset and like perfection and feeling like I have to be perfect and coming off as if I'm perfect or whatever yeah and like I think thinking back then it was like and I know that that comes from like the criticism and like that I received from my mom like growing up and like not being able to be vulnerable with her without that being used as ammo and that relationship and that dynamic shaped a lot of what my relationships look like especially with women and even just my friendships and, like, the expectations that I have of people in general, the expectations were set very low for me with my mom. And so, you know, those expectations moving forward in life, like, I always felt like, well, I can't get this from my mom or if I don't have this from my mom, why would I expect it from anybody else kind of thing. But, yeah, I think that to your question around, like, where my mental was or, like, what made me make that choice, a lot of it was around this, like, one, fear, and then the expectation to be perfect. So it was like, this is not acceptable for me. And so it's not acceptable for me to be pregnant or it's not acceptable for me to have a kid at this point in my life. That's not, yeah. And then it was also, yeah, a fear of, like, not wanting to be what I know not wanting to be what I saw around me. And it was always, that's one thing that has driven me too was one, because I have a rebellious spirit. It was always me rebelling against expectations. Even like when I was 16 or like whatever, like I just, people always just knew that I was going to end up being a teen mom because of my mom and because of like the lifestyle that, she had us in and things like that and it was just like everybody always was like you know I'm gonna be this I'm gonna be that you being a daughter blah 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 and it's just like 
no, I'm not. Like, no, I'm not. Like, I always just remember, like, I'm going to show y'all, like, I'm going to be X, Y, and Z. And again, those expectations, like, that's where those expectations came from. And that's where, that's how I have been moving. Like, I have been moving for so long, even, like, for so long, for, like, down there 29, 29 years. Like, <laughs> expectations of other, whether it was me trying to meet their expectations or me going against their expectations, but it was always centered around others' expectations. And I think that that was the driving force of that choice. And then also just the fear, like I didn't never think that I could be a good parent because I didn't know what that, or a mom, I should say, because I didn't know what that looked like. It seems like you've done like a lot of reflecting, a lot of healing, but regretting that it took you so much time and like the same breath. Like I hear both of those thoughts seamlessly coming out. What pushed you into like a healing space to like really address or even when you talk about like going to a therapist, what pushed you to that direction? I think I just got, like I said before, being overwhelmed and even, like, now, I don't even feel like I'm there yet. Like, I don't feel like, like, I'm just getting started. And even, like, a few weeks ago, I started reading my journal entries. I, I might have mentioned this to you, but one of my goals was, leading into my 30th, was to go back and read my journal entries. I started journal maybe, like, 2012, and I had never, ever gone back like I've never reread an entry that I wrote and so and me trying to figure out like why have I been so disconnected throughout these years I was like I'm gonna go read and see like where, where was I at and so when I did that I like got even fresh I got really frustrated with myself because of the same thing that I was journaling about in 2012 or the same things that I was journaling about the week before. <laughs> and it's just like, I've done all of these things and I've come to all of these different places of like feeling healed and things like that. And it's like, but well, why am I still battling with the same thoughts and the same feelings and things like that? And I felt a little, I felt defeated in that, you know, in that moment because it was just like, I'm not even where I thought I was. But then, like, I had to check myself because it's not a destination. And I think that that's the difference. Like, I think that for me, I kept landing in the same place and I would get frustrated with myself. And so I would be very intentional about I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because I can't keep coming to this place. I can't keep coming to this place. So I'm going to figure out what it is that I need, like, to be balanced and to, like, grow and heal and whatever it is. Like I've always been self-aware of myself or self-aware. I've always been like intentional about my balance and knowing what it takes. And I think at some point what worked stopped working. And that's where I kept landing in the same place because I was trying, I was growing, but like in growing, you have to find different things to balance the growth that you have now. It's like, I'm not this person anymore, but I still need things to keep me balanced. And what kept me balanced when I was, like, 22 is completely different than what keeps me balanced when I'm at, like, 27 or whatever the case may be. 
And I think that that's what I had to realize. And I had to realize that, like, this healing process, like, it's a process and it's a journey and it's not a destination. It's not going to be, it's not like you get to this point and then everything is good. Like, everything is good forever. Like, it's ongoing. Like, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. It's just part of life. And I think for so long, I thought that one day I was just going to wake up everything is just going to shift. Like there was going to be this light switch or whatever. I don't know. But I think when reading my journals and like having that breakdown and feeling defeated and just like crying out to God about it, like that was like the revelation that I got. It's like one, it's a journey. It's not a destination and I can't do it by myself. And that was like the biggest thing that I took away from it. And even like during this time, like, when I came back, I was, like, I moved where I moved, so it would inconvenience my family. <laughs> but <laughs> low-key, it ended up backfiring, right? <laughs> yeah. I realized how much I need my family, and it was just a matter of, like, setting boundaries. And I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what that looked like. Like, I didn't know what it meant to like need anybody or anything like I had always been moving with this idea that I have to be self-sufficient in all aspects of life I can't need anybody for anything whatever I need I need to be able to give it to myself but there are some things that you can't give to yourself and part of that is like that comes from like God too is like you can't do it all by yourself. Like some things you got, some values you got to let God fight. Some values you have to give to God. But it's also leaning on those around you, letting people pour into you. And for so long, I've always been the one to pour into people. And I didn't know how to receive anything from anybody else. I think that, and I was having this conversation with, I don't know who I was having a conversation with, but like, I think that's what one as or one aspect of like how Johnny has showed up and one thing that makes him so special to me is that he is probably the only person in my life for so long that I felt like the way I showed up for everybody else in my life, he was that to me. And he was the one that was always pouring into me and always catching me and I didn't realize that I didn't know how to receive that from from everybody else. And I feel like it's not until now that I'm seeing that and I'm receiving it. I don't know if it just wasn't there and it just wasn't there or if it was there and I wasn't receiving it. Or like if I this is the role that I took on, like I took this on, like nobody pushed me, like nobody told me to do that. I took it on so I can let it go <laughs> it's just as well as I took it on. So, yeah. I'm just sitting here, like, listening, smiling, and just, like, pacing back and forth because for someone to be on the sidelines, because you never really know, no matter how close you are with people, you just never really know what's going through their mind and what they're experiencing. But I do know being on the other side when, especially when I started to really like believe God and like take it past just going to church, but like really trying to listen and hear what he's saying. I knew your spots and blemishes and why 
it had gotten, why we had, how space had gotten in between our relationships. But I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand what that meant for the future. I was just kind of going with the flow. And uh, it's just so refreshing to hear you, like, talk about all this because it's like, oh, it's the journey that individually we all have to go through in order to have, like, real healthy relationships in order to truly thrive in life. And it just makes me smile because we were the same person at different ages. Like, we were, mm-hmm. and because so many things had transpired for me and it wasn't just me I had to like I was forced to like go head on into these spaces and I was drowning oh my god that life vest was not there for a long time I was drowning in misery because I didn't understand a lot of these concepts that you're talking about now but life gave me understanding through experience so like to hear you talk about it it's so beautiful because now you can go forth and thrive before having the kids. Not that I feel like I damaged my older daughter, but it's definitely different when you can go through these growth moments and reflect and heal from the inside before having people who depend on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. And I like, think that was always like, a point of like not feeling ready. Cause even before like this whole idea of like not being ready, of it, like young, being younger, I think a lot of that stems from like, like material things or like being in a place where you can raise a kid financially, whatever. But then, like as I became older, and like even just like having my sister and just watching my my friends have kids, it's just like I want to be like spiritually and emotionally in a place where I can like. That piece is most important to me at this, like, that's what I've grown to value and need to prioritize. It's like, no, like, okay, you've reached all of these career goals or whatever, but it's like, there's more to you than your career. And I, that's why I took a step back. Like, and even now, like, I'm not running. Like, I was going, going, going. Like, everything that I was doing was centered around my my career. And I'm just at the point where it's just, like, I just want to do things that are going to bring me joy. I just want to do things that are going to nurture my spirit. I remember we us having this conversation. It was like, we know that there are things within ourselves that we needed to address. And it was just like I can't do them right now though, because I because I gotta I gotta finish my masters and I gotta get so I gotta get comfortable in my career. But like I know I know what's inside of me that needs to be healed, but I can't do it right now. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, that. But that goes back to like everything else that we've said too, like self desires leading us versus God's will and surrendering it to Him, because like yep. you said. Is going his will is going to happen. It's just a matter of we're delaying it by being rebellious to the fact of what he's telling us to do. That's yeah, that's real. It's full circle, right? Like to start at this one point to realize, like, man, I'm broken, and to like see the baby steps. And one thing that you kept saying too is like, this is all a journey. And for so long, and I don't know if it's school or if it's just what I see on TV 
or what it was, I thought it was like this destinational thing. Like once I get here, it's going to be good. Yep. And I've achieved yep. some goals and I'm looking back like, okay, I'm here. Now what? It don't feel yes. like the excitement of walking towards the goal felt like, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. So there's mm-hmm. so many, so many things to pick apart of like what it means to heal and it's an individual journey. And so many people for so long look at healing as, you know, you went through this traumatic experience and you need to get it off your chest. That's one phase, but it's another phase of like just addressing and being present in the type of person you are and why you are the way you are. I feel like that Mm -hmm. healing is the journey more than it is about traumatic experiences. Just like you talked about being perfect, that necessarily wasn't from a traumatic experience. Like it may have started with verbal, but it wasn't something that just, you know, that happened. People think these physical experiences happen and it changes your life and those do occur but sometimes it's the subtle things that we've let sit in our minds and our hearts that have allowed us and forced us to move a certain way that we have to address too and that still requires steps of healing. These stories, they connect us. Celebrities are human too. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is different perspectives. Everyone heals differently. Life and legacy are complex and beauty feels good when it's freeing. We see these individuals everywhere. We see family and friends daily, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, their grief, their pain or struggles. Healing is being strong. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you follow Invisible Beauty on all social channels at I Am Invisible Beauty. Until next time, this is Invisible Talks Pod. I'm Tyra Eland.